This is Lori Nannan. Welcome back to the Canine Education for Humans podcast. Today I'm talking with my good friend, Christy Benson, who is the instructor of two of our courses, How to Potty Train Your Dog and Pestering Pooches, which has just undergone a bit of a rebrand and we're super excited about that. Christy and I also work together at the Academy for Dog Trainers and we just generally like talking to each other. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Thanks so much for being here today, Christy. I'm so glad that we are finally getting the chance to talk. We've been trying to work this out for a while now, but you and I have known each other for about five years or so. We work together at the Academy um, and we get lots of opportunities to collaborate, which is so awesome. Uh, and we do a lot of that there. And here at LoriNannon.com, we've done two courses together and we'll talk a little bit about those. Actually, we'll talk a lot about those in a couple of minutes. But first, tell us a bit about your business up there in Manitoba. And I also want to know how cold it is there today. Because it's <laughs> December and I suspect it's cold. It's actually not bad. It's um, it's in the minus sort of mid-teens Celsius. So I think that's about 10 Fahrenheit, which is seasonal <laughs> for us at, at this okay. time. Okay. Yeah, it was, and it was about 10 or 15 degrees colder in the last couple of weeks. Wow. So we're we're sort of, you know, we're having this nice, like, oh, it feels so warm now, now that we've adjusted to the minus 30s. <laughs> wow. Um, so about my my work, I do, um, I take uh, dog clients in the nearby community of Yorkton, which is actually in Saskatchewan, we're close to the border. So I'm in Manitoba, but I do most of my work in Saskatchewan. So I see, you know, I really take almost every kind of dog problem um, that comes my way. I'm happy to help people if they just need some obedience training. Um, I get quite a bit of uh, stranger, uh, fearful or stranger aggressive dogs, I think, because that's kind of the point at which many people are, are, are ready to call in a dog trainer. Now, you know, we've really got to deal with this. Um, I get some dog dog stuff. So, you know, it, it keeps me hopping. It keeps me interested. And you do quite a bit of online coaching as well, right? That's a part of your business that you've I incorporated do. at this point? Yep, I do take um, clients online, and I, I actually, I, I very much enjoy my online clients. They tend to be people who are very into dogs, so I'll get people who are savvy, savvy trainers. Oh, uh, maybe awesome. they're, yeah, agility um, people or people who've just done a lot of, you know, reading on their own. Um, and so th- what they need is is sort of refinement or, mm-hmm. or help, you know, really making plans. They're struggling with you know, they can get their dogs to do things that I could never get my dogs to do, right? They're like backing up and double, you know, figure eights around their legs and stuff. Um, but, you know, oh, the dog is barking at the baby or something gotcha, like that. So, gotcha. so I find them very, yeah, they're fun to work with. They're dedicated um, and, and they're, they're super savvy. So, you know, not all of them. Some, some of them are straight up, you know, I just got my, my first dog and I need, I need it to sit or mm-hmm. something, you know, there's something like that. But yeah, they're a fun crew for sure. Yeah, and it's so interesting. It's I love the, that technology has opened up so much that it allows people to access dog trainers in that way um, because it does give a whole bunch of people who didn't have access to dog trainers before access, just like our courses do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's very nice. You, you can be anywhere in Canada. Yeah. And, and we, can, we can chat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's so, um, you know, I often think of, you know, the reasons that I wanted to start a business like mine was because I knew that there were lots of people who didn't have access to a dog trainer. Um, and even if they did, based on my first course, wasn't going to be super practical to work with a dog trainer. 
Um, and so I was able to find a way to, you know, offer what I thought would be helpful in a way that was efficient um, and met people's needs in a way that we couldn't have done 10 years ago, which is just so cool to me. Very much so. Yeah. Um, so the two courses that we have done together are Pestering Pooches, which is about the dogs that uh, jump to greet people and beg for food um, and or, you know, just kind of pester in general. And then how to potty train your dog. What is it that inspired you to cover these two topics in particular? So I, I think it's a, for, from a general perspective, I think those topics are very poorly handled in the sort of you know, if you if you plunk those topics into Google, the stuff that comes up for, mm. for both potty training and for dogs who are are, are just sort of joyfully jumpy, they it, they're not well handled online. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and the sort of the well, my uncle Ralph said to do X Y Z. Yeah. Ten, they, you know, it, they're very much off the mark. It's not good for dogs. It's not. They're not going to you know get resolution with that. But, so I think it was it was something that definitely, you know, were topics that needed to be addressed in a in a better way. Um, and they're also things that tend to be easy to resolve with a good plan. Yeah. So they're not things, you know, if I if I look at my clients who have dogs who have, you know, the laundry list and they're very fearful and they're, you know, and they have veterinary considerations as well. All of that stuff, you know, it takes a lot more time. It takes a lot more planning, a lot more knowledge. But these topics are things that if you get some good information, people can really run with it. So mm-hmm. I feel like that, you know, it, it made it made them great topics for an online course, you know, for sure. Um, and then also, I just, there are things that I just enjoy coaching. So I like working with people who have, you know, completely off the wall, bouncy, joyful dogs. I find that, you know, that's joyful for me to help them, um, to see them come through with their dogs. Uh, to to the the other side where you know where they can better meet yeah. their dogs' needs and their dogs are fitting in better with the family. Yeah, it is really yeah. it is about joy on the part of the dog and the human for the jumpy stuff. Um, and then for the for the house training, it, I really wanted to make people feel. You know, I, I find that it's 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 nice to be able to sort of give people back a, a clean relationship with their dog. Yeah, if we can sure. Yeah, it's very hard on the bond um, to have yeah. a dog messing inside. Um, and it's so easy to address. So it, it, you know, it, it, it seems it, it was very clear to me once we started that course that this was going to be very helpful and a very good idea. And I think one of the things that's so nice about that course is, I mean, it is very specific, right? So it's, a, it's about adult dogs, um, but it helps address a portion of the adult dog population um, that probably you know, needs it most, which is newly adopted dogs, because if they spend any time in a shelter or a rescue facility, their house training, uh, you know, hygiene has probably fallen apart. Um, and so it gives a nice clear path back to, you know, having, uh, you know, good potty manners, um, right. which, you know, having worked in a shelter myself, I definitely saw as part of the difficulty of people connecting with their new dog if they were constantly angry or upset or frustrated with their new dog, having gone to the bathroom in the house. Um, And so that's, that's one of the things that I really like about that course um, is that for that specific population of dogs, uh, it gives them a little bit more of a fighting chance at being able to stay in their new homes. Absolutely. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and so, you know, and then as, as far as uh, pestering pooches, I was thinking the other day about how, um, 
you know, I dutifully went through your course, um, you know, having not really taught Hazel how to, how to greet nicely at the door, because for a couple of reasons, Hazel, my own dog, first, because most of the people that come over are other people who like dogs. Um, and she came to us with a host of, you know, issues around fear, specifically around men. And I just wanted her to be happy and comfortable. So if she, you know, jumped on somebody, I didn't particularly care as long as they were nice to her and it meant that they could be friends. Um, But uh, so I did take her through your course completely. And I, you know, I have to say it came in handy in ways that I hadn't even considered. So I had um, uh, surgery on my abdomen over the summer uh, and, and you can only imagine, you know, stitches in multiple places in your abdomen and a dog oh, God. 50 pounds suddenly jumping on you. Uh, but right. having installed that behavior uh, saved me from, you know, I'm sure just absolute pain and, you know, feelings of gore and blood everywhere because my <laughs> stitches got ripped apart. Uh, Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the peace of mind of knowing that I could, you know, happily greet my dog uh, without having to punish her for doing something that I hadn't taught her not to do. Um, Right. And then um, my husband, who has multiple sclerosis, occasionally has to have nurses uh, in the house. Um, And the other portion of that course is teaching dogs to do, you know, downstays around distractions for long periods of time. Um, And absolutely going through that course despite the fact that you know hazel actually did have a downstay installed we just had never used it in real practical applications like that um having gone through the course and using it in a way uh that was a real life situation was absolutely priceless i mean that course has the absolute um benefit of being able to make people's lives so much easier and so much more predictable for their dogs. That's amazing. That's amazing. I would have never guessed that 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 you know that there would have been a, an instance in the future where just you know the downstay with distractions and the the sit instead of jumping app would. I mean, not a lifesaver, but I mean, kind. That's, that's really interesting to hear. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she she could have very easily, you know, on more than one occasion, you know, accidentally pulled a, an IV line out. Oh my goodness. You know, yeah. just by milling about. Um, but being able to do a downstay for a sustained period of time, you know, first of all, it makes the, the nurse's job easier. Um, it makes my peace of mind easier. And it just make, makes the whole thing easier for her because she knows what's expected. Well, I just right. hang out here while this thing is going on. My mom gives me treats every once in a while. It's no big deal. It's kind of great, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. A very handy behavior to have for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, so I, I can say, you know, firsthand um, that the behaviors taught in the, that course, uh, which are behaviors that, you know, clients would contact me for when I saw them uh, one-on-one years ago, uh, but I never considered these other applications for them. And so I'm extremely, you know, grateful to that course for, for that, because it gave me um, the opportunity to, to use these behaviors in real life situations myself. Right. So well, cool. well done you. Well, that's awesome. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> so 
let's just talk a little bit about, you know, there, there's often something or you know, something or another that we want our students to take away from our courses beyond the actual behaviors that we're teaching, right? And so for me with Nailed It, my hope was that people would begin to see their dogs and the way that their dogs behaved a little bit differently. And that because of what they had learned, they'd approach hopefully everything um, through a little bit more of a lens of kindness and recognition that, you know, dogs aren't really just giving us a hard time for the sake of doing so. In my, in my situation, in the case of nails um, and, you know, that, that dogs, their behavior has a function for them. Um, what do you think, what, it, what, it, what are some of the things that you want your students to be able to take away from your courses? Right. That's an awesome question. So I, I actually put some thought into it. So I'm prepared. Oh, <laughs> <for> <laughs> um, so for the pestering pooches course, I think, uh, you know, I, there's a couple of, of key take homes that I, I, I hope I get across in the course. One is motivation that dogs need to be motivated. We need to provide a reason for them to do this behavior for us. It's not, we don't get free behavior from dogs. Right. <clears throat> in the same way that, you know, my bosses don't expect behavior from me when we're asking dogs to do things that that are sort of contrary to their natural um instinct or their natural desires we have to we have to pay them for that yeah. so I, I, motivation is a really and especially for these tykes who are bouncy and jumpy and you know they're fun fun dogs to train but but you know shakespeare's got to get paid right we want them to be doing this stuff we've got to be motivating them so that was i, I think a really important one that I try to cover as clearly as possible and, you know, as, as compellingly as possible. Um, and the other one is, is that I'm trying to push back a bit. Um, there's a little bit of a, a sense, I think, if you look online and, and sort of and, and dog people talk about training calm as a behavior. So calm, mm -hmm. the state of calm being a behavior that we can train into dogs. And, and, and what I hope to get across to the students in this, in this, um, program is that calm isn't a behavior that that we train calm is a state that's achieved when our dog's needs are being met yeah so when our right. dogs are, are are getting enough exercise and they're getting enough enrichment and and they're getting enough time with us you know if they're very motivated to be around people we have to so when their welfare and and, and their biological and excitement and interest needs are being met calm is is it that happens by itself so I, I do that. Yeah, I do. I, I really hope that, you know, yes, we're training this awesome downstream. It's going to be very useful. We're training dogs that, you know, good things happen when they sit instead of jumping up at the door. Absolutely. <clears throat> but that we can't expect dogs to achieve calmness by putting them into a downstate. That's right. That's right, not right. adequate. Right. That's so really, that's really well stated. I think um, that's one of the, you know, it's uh, sort of a bit of a buzzword that can be kind of misunderstood. Uh, and you've just explained it absolutely beautifully. Well done. <laughs> you, well done you again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like flying today. <laughs> you are, you are. So tell us a little bit about your own dogs. How do you prioritize what's important for them? Like I said with Hazel, um, I put friendliness and feeling safe with people above all else. I, literally, you know, to this day, those are the things that are the most important to me. I want a dog. Um, I want my dog to feel safe and um, that she can not have to worry around 
people and in certain situations as well, because there are some things that she's still nervous um, about to this day. Uh, so we try to set things up so that way, you know, she's, you know, her exposure to them is limited or we work our way through them. What, how do you prioritize for your own dogs? What's important to, for them? Right. So I, I don't, I mean, and I'm sure this will not shock you. I don't actually do tons of training with my dogs. So the things I prioritize for them is recalls. So I, I walk my dogs loose every day. I live on a ranch and we we take a huge hike every day around, um, around the ranch. So through the, the forested areas that we have and amongst our cattle. And I need my dogs to recall. So a lot of my energy towards my dogs is, is, is really focused on, on, on just that aspect of meeting their needs. So I want them to feel exercised and enriched. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, we all go out in a big group. If I need to do recalls away from what have you, you know, like if they're heading towards the road or if they're, we, we just got a new dog who's a spaniel and she's very interested in the cattle. So recalling her away from the cattle. So that's the kind of behavior that be, I, I train them behavior in support of them living you know, their best lives. Right, right, right. Yeah. Now I do I, also train, like I like training tricks and fun stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I do some of that, but, but that's definitely further down. So for me, you know, the part that's, that's sort of at the top of, of, of my, you know, I have X amount of minutes to, to be with my dogs and to, to train my dogs every day. My, my focus is definitely on, on get, you know, giving them that joyful experience. And, you know, it's so interesting that you say that because um, I I just read this blog the other day uh, that totally supports something that I have been doing in my own efforts to do that for my own dog. So I don't particularly enjoy training loose leash walking. um, And I don't also particularly care if my dog loose leash walks as long as I'm not getting, you know, pulled face first down the street we're fine right but yeah. I started um walking hazel on a long line and so it's a 20 foot long line that I have and uh you know obviously we're not doing that in the bit, middle of downtown New Hope uh, but you know <laughs> we'll go to parks and um um you know soccer fields and stuff like that where she'll you know have much more freedom um and one of the things that I noticed and this article that I read the other day supported it is that she doesn't pull because she's right. got more freedom. And that right. yeah, me, yeah. It, 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 it's just like such a, when I just kind of watch her trotting happily ahead and she'll, you know, she'll turn around and check in with me every once in a while. Uh, and it's not even for food. You know, when we were loosely walking, it was, it was checking in for, like, you know, she, I don't want to say she was checking in for food, but she knew the food was coming. Um, you know, this is like... My dogs would be all about checking in for food. They're like, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're like, they're like, you are so unimportant to me compared to that tree that you have. Human. <laughs> this, this, this seems more like, oh, hey, you're, you're still back there uh, because she can't feel because she's not pulling. Right. So the tension is gone. Um, right. And, you know, so to, maybe in her mind, in theory, she could just go wherever she wants, but she's going to hang out kind of close because, you know, we do this thing together. This is a thing we do together, but it gives her so much more freedom. And I feel like that does exactly what you just said it supports her well-being um right. yeah, and, yeah i love it I love and it, it. it's it's something that um you know i definitely um I'm, I'm hoping to be able to sit down and write a blog about over the holidays um you know there's a there's definitely a few caveats like i said i don't do it in the middle of downtown new, new hope um but it is really nice to be able to um give my dog a bit more freedom in terms of where she goes um because 
just like you said, yes, there are lots of things that Hazel is trained at that she's good at, um, but that is actually far less important to me um, than the fact that she feels safe and safe in the world and enjoys her life. That's why I have her. That's right. why she lives yeah. with me. Um, okay. Because I want to uh, live with this being who, you know, through her enjoyment, I enjoy my life more. When yes, she's absolutely. happy, it makes me happier. Completely. And also, like, and I don't think that we need to dismiss this, but it is actually way easier to live with a dog whose needs are being met. Yes. You know, like, if, right. if, I, if I skip a dog walk, our dogs are really annoying at night. You know, yeah. like, they, they're, they're active, they, they're... They do a lot of playing in the house and there's, you know, our house is small and we have seven dogs. So it, it can become a little bit, it's just, it, it can wear on you a bit. Right. So they, here we they, get Barky. We get Barky here. Oh, so yeah. yeah. We don't have Barkers, but we do have like Timber likes to whine. And then, and I don't know how he makes his feet so loud, but he stomps around, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, so you saying that reminded me of, um, sort of this thing I've realized about myself and Misha, my, my most food motivated dog. He, um, he sometimes when we're walking together, he'll, he'll walk beside me. Mm, um, okay. He's only walking beside me because he's anticipating treats. Mm. And I have this like inner sort of like cringy inner monologue going, I don't want him to not experience. Yeah. 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 Run around. So I'm like, should I feed him less? And then I'm like, Oh my God, who am I to, 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 right. to like, give him fewer treats because look at that face. He's look at those eyebrows. Those eyebrows deserve treats. So then I keep going back and forth. Like, you know, who am I to judge if him, if he would rather be by me and, yeah. and, and try to modify his behavior to go out and play more, to like stomp around more. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I do every time it happens when he, he, and sometimes he'll walk beside me and like this, like competition heel, like looking up at my face. I'm going, who are you? <laughs> the entire world. There's like squirrels and, gross and yeah 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 it, it is interesting um the, the 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 behaviors that we can build in our dogs sometimes without even realizing that we've done them right, right. But yes this is who you are you are a food hound so you have i have made it easier for you to be food houndy ish <laughs> and maybe it's you know to your detriment because you're not you know sniffing dead squirrels but okay you are who you are <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's true it's, it's i guess like these are like deep inner thoughts of dog trainers <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure uh i've given way way more thought to hazel on a long line than you know most people give to their dog about anything in a in a, in a given day you know and that's just that one I, thing <laughs> yeah i love the long line thing and i re- like I, I think it's it's just it's a super way for people to enjoy their dogs being quite a bit more natural but also it kind of it forces them to sort of to sit back and say wow look at what my dog does my dog has all kinds of say you know the stopping and sniffing the running forward the you know we get to really see what their what their joy is at essentially yeah um and you know the fact is because she can get two smells easier right because she's got more space to get from one smell to another it's more right. pleasant for me because Completely. I want her to enjoy smells. That's a big part of our walks and I don't have to get dragged along to do it. And I'm not going to make her competition heel 
throughout a walk because that's not fun for either right. of us. Like that's just not <laughs> what I want for either of us. So Right. Yeah. It's not what walks are about. I mean it's fun to do. It's fun to train. I love watching people like good positive reinforcement trainers and their dogs healing around. I'm just like, wow, that's fascinating. Look at look at how happy that dog is. But that's not what walks are for. Right. And and by the way, like, you know, she can loose leash walk. We have practiced loose leash walking, but our walks for the most part are about exploration. They're not about, you know, walking through, you know, a busy side street or a busy downtown area where we have to navigate things. So it's just not something right. that I worry about as much as, you know, one of my clients who had to do one of those things had to. Um, right. So it's, a, it's, an, it's an interesting thing. And I'm, I'm glad to be able to, to give her the option to, you know, spread out a little bit more, um, because the other thing is just based on where we live, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't feel comfortable letting her uh, run freely without, although it's not, you know, a city uh, coming into close contact with a road pretty quickly. <laughs> so, so uh, right. we, don't, we don't, we don't, and then there's quite a bit of wildlife too. So. Right. And, yeah. Uh, this, you know, allows me to kind of head off some of those worries as well. Yeah, um, for sure. So let's just kind of begin to wind down a little bit. Tell me what you think. We've been, you know, working together for uh, what, about four years now. We've known each other for six or seven, I guess. Things have changed, but, you know, it seems to be happening at a snail's pace a lot of the time. But where do you see dog training headed? Right. I think, I think there's sort of multiple fires being lit right now it, over the last few years. I think that there, the movement in the animal welfare field in general is one sort of, so that, you know, that's one fire that's being lit. People are starting to really care about animal welfare. Yeah. Um, I think, and I think that's spreading. So I think, you know, we look at that, it, that will be helpful for us as dog trainers for sure. And I think there is progression in the training community. I think it, it's easy for us to see all the, terrible examples of how the dog training community is it feels like it's regressing in some you know uh, and definitely there's 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 no laws to protect dogs you know mm -hmm. it, um but I, I think that there is maybe it, it's a little slow but but i think dog training itself is progressing um and i think so my the third sort of conflagration is the vet community very recently yes, we're yeah. starting to see yeah. the the vet community really really care about dog training welfare. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so uh, five years ago, it would be a battle to have a vet say uh, something other than put a prong on that dog. And now here we are having vets say, I don't want a dog to experience anxiety when they're getting a needle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it is a sea change. So I think if we, if we have those, if we put all of those fires sort of together, um, I, I, I do think that they will eventually meet and, and, and things will start to change more quickly. Uh, the way the changes in the vet community in the last five or 10 years have been so deeply gratifying from, you know, from the perspective of a dog trainer to just see that, see them going from being not our enemy, but, you know, like when it came to behavior and training advice, certainly problematic right, to right. being like, wow, now, now we can link arms yeah. and march forward yeah. with many vets. Yeah, and I, I, I feel like because they are um, the ones who the consumer is always going to see as the expert, probably, I mean, you know, obviously, they're the vets are the experts in medicine, but consumers will see them as the expert in anything, everything because of the white coat syndrome. 
Um, right. So uh, it's, I think it's extremely important that veterinarians are really, really careful about what's coming out of their mouths when they're talking about behavior. Um, and the fact that we are seeing this, as you called it, sea change uh, in that approach is tremendous. And I do, I, I agree. I think that that'll be, um, you know, one of the things that moves us along quickest. Right. Um, yeah. And I think like for, for our clients, I think if they're sort of just sitting there taking in what they're getting from their Facebook feed, even from, you know, like CDC, like major news organizations and, and dog trainers to some extent and, and the vet community, I think they will be less and less able to sort of stomach the kind of yeah dog training advice that they might be getting. So I, I, my hope is that they'll be, they'll be more cautious consumers. If, if the laws are, you know, are not going to change about aversive tools and aversive, you know, styles of dog training quickly enough for us, then at least I think, you know, having consumers view this and take this stuff in and then be able to sort of look at, well, my dog trainer said I should do what to my dog, you know, that, that, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that that will also help our cause. Yeah, I agree. And I, 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 one of the other things that I think is, um, you know, uh, going to be helpful. It's going to be a long haul, but, you know, things like equipment bans um, that are happening in certain, um, you know, countries and localities, I think that'll um, sooner or later cause people who, you know, are, you know, currently, you know, bucking up against it as hard as they can um, to, they have really to, are. To, to, to reconsider um, not not because they want to, but because they have to. And at this point, I'm kind of okay with that. Um, I'd love for people to want to, but if you don't want to, and you're told you have to, you better do it. Uh, and your dog's going to be better off for it. Um, right. And I, you know, personally, when I drive around, I, you know, I live in this little tourist town uh, that gets quite busy on weekends. And it's one of those places it's on a river, people like to bring their dogs. Um, I'm, you know, the first thing I'm looking at when I see a dog is, what's on that dog's neck um and what's what's kind of funny is that you know whoever i'm with will also look now so like my husband looks our friends look um you know somebody will say Lori, did you see that dog outside and i'll be like uh yeah and they'll be like no no no, it's okay it's wearing a harness <laughs> so um you know seeing starting <laughs> to see uh changes in terms of um you know the way equipment is um being banned in certain locations uh, and causing people to need to use more humane equipment um, is something that we're right. going to continue to see more of. And, um, you know, even I, I have people who live upstairs from me who have a dog. Uh, I'm not huge fans of the people, but they their dog wears an easy walk harness. They get points for that from me. Uh, there's somebody next door to yeah. me who's got two dogs who, who uh, are walked on easy walk harnesses. They get points on, on that from me. So um, totally. you know, my, my, my small little you know, cluster of people here, all of the dogs that I see are, are, are currently being walked on no pull harnesses, which I, you know, is tremendous. It was certainly not the case, you know, 10 years ago, whenever, but, but 10 years ago, I, my dogs were being walked on no pull harnesses. One of them was wearing a joke chain. So, you know, things do change. Sometimes it happens quickly and sometimes it happens uh, a little bit more slowly though. Yeah. Like I think we could even use harness use as a proxy for really big changes in the people's approaches because they work so well mm -hmm. and they're, they're so gentle and they're they're cute you know like yeah. we've got when I drive through Winnipeg or if I if I go to a city like I don't live anywhere close to a city but it, I see so many dogs on harnesses I really notice them I'm like oh my goodness they, that is a really big change from you know when I get when I had my first dog yeah in yeah the 2000s I mean it the harness thing and it, you know who we could we could conjecture that 
people are like, well, I don't need to use a prong because this thing works so well. You know, maybe I can set that prong aside. Maybe I can set, you know, the idea of a prong, the idea of meaning harm a dog or, you know, make them listen or, or, you know, use a painful stimulus to train them kind of might get set aside yeah. as well. Like, how yeah. will this work? I don't need to be harming my dog. Yeah. 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 There's, there's a lot of different ways to, to look at, uh, you know, how things begin to change. I unrelatedly watched a documentary on, um, Netflix last week called the game changers. And it was about these elite, elite athletes who were vegan. Uh, and they really focused on, um, veganism as a function of their performance and didn't, um, delve into, you know, the health aspects or the animal welfare aspects or the environmental aspects, any of it until the very end, they focused on, this is what this thing can do for you. You know, this is what this making this change has done for these athletes. And I thought that was brilliant. Right. So, you know, focusing on what the benefit of doing something is, um, can really help change people's minds. So that's something that I'm, you know, sort of thinking about language wise in terms of the way that we approach this discussion with the public, um, because a lot of the time it, 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 it devolves into, well, you can't and you shouldn't and it's illegal and it's banned and it's bad and it's this and it's that. And, and perhaps there's a, a way to lead people along um, that's a little bit more gentle in our approach. Right. And when things cl- clearly are better like for example our dog you know not harming dogs for dog training is is one topic where it's certainly clearly better for you know from no matter which way you look at it i mean like your dog doesn't sound like darth vader when you're on a walk is reason enough right <laughs> like dogs who are wearing uh, choke collars or prong ch- prong collars often you know sound like they can't breathe because they can't so if we can you know, uh, here's the benefit of a harness. Your dog can actually breathe when you're on a walk. Now we can get to work on the next steps. I think that that's a, you know, a, a way to start to, or a, a way to approach things with people. So that way um, they, you know, make the transition a little bit more uh, easily in a way that seems like it was their decision rather than their dog trainer pushing them in a direction or laws telling them that they can't. Right. Yeah. Um. Well, I, and I, uh, there's so many other topics that I want to talk to you about, but we're going to have to wrap this up and we'll do another, another podcast at some point uh, in 2020, where we talk about a couple of topics in particular that I know that you'll have, uh, you know, really interesting takes on uh, that I'd love to talk to you about, but we'll push those off for now. So to wrap things up, can you tell people where they can find you? You're sort of all over the interwebs. Um, you're a pretty prolific writer. So let people know where they can find you because you're definitely worth following and definitely worth reading. Thank you. Um, so my Facebook page is where I spend most of my um, efforts, I guess. And that's Christy Benson Dog Training. Um, I do have a Twitter as well. And that's Christy Benson CTC. Um, and I blog for different places. So most of my blogs go into my own blog and that's christybenson.com. And yes, I really cringe at how often I use my name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, me too. I feel like it's, it's not even my name anymore. I know, like, me too. Weird. Me too. I say it. I'm like, I say Am my I? name like it's, it, like it's a brand. Yeah. Like, so, well, what are I we going to do about Lori Nannan? Like, <laughs> that's my name. It's so, it's Just, such a weird thing. It is so weird. I, 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 like I sort of regret, but I'm also like, well, what else? 
as if I could come up with something creative, you know, a dog training company name. But anyway, um, but I also <laughs> blog for the Academy's blog. Right, so if, right. you know, that, and that's, that, that blog is more aimed at dog training professionals, but still um, it's, it's a great resource. Yeah. Uh, and then I sometimes guest blog for Zazzy Todd, which makes me feel very proud of myself. <laughs> yes, for sure. And I have written a whole bunch of posts at Dog International as well. Excellent. So I will be sure to uh, include all of this in the uh, written information, which people will be able to find on our website. Um, and I want to thank you again for taking the time to talk to me. Um, it has not been the easiest, despite the fact that we talk almost every day online, it's not been the easiest for, for us to schedule a podcast time. Um, I, I'm, I'm blaming it on technology and miles um, and the fact that, you know, I, I consider where where you live to be sort of like you might as well be in antarctica you're that far away and it's that cold <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well it's only like what a 35 hour drive between the two of us <laughs> is it that? that's wow yeah i think so you're far you're you're far uh you're in the great white <laughs> north and 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 here's here's something funny for people just just quickly before we left um i used to joke that there were six people living in all of canada and i knew all six of them um, I've since learned that Canada is, you know, actually quite a well-populated country. <laughs> <laughs> My rule of thumb is there's about, I think, somewhere around a tenth of the number of people that live in the States. So if I'm ever watching, like, the Olympics or anything, and I'm like, Canada won, you know, a, a tenth of the medals as the States. But ha, 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 we're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that is a significant, actually, a significant number less. Right. That's that is a lot. So I'm not that far off yeah. with my six people <laughs> like six, 35 million, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, math was never my strong suit. All right. Well, thank you again, Christy. Um, and as I said, I'll include all of the where to find you uh, in the written section on our website. And um, I look forward to the next time we get to talk and we'll, we'll dig into some other topics that I think um, you and I could probably talk about for hours. So it is just days before Christmas. So I hope you have a wonderful holiday and um, I will see you online and I hope everybody enjoys this episode. Thanks so much to Christy for taking the time to talk to me and thanks to all of you for tuning in. In addition to her courses here at laurienannon.com, you can find Christy on her own website, christybenson.com. She also blogs for the Academy for Dog Trainers, has guest posts over at Companion Animal Psychology and Dog International as well. On social media, you'll find her on Facebook as Christy Benson Dog Training and on Twitter as Christy Benson CTC. Thanks again for joining me for this episode, and I'll see you next time on the Canine Education for Humans podcast. Thank you.